Hello, hello, and welcome to the Journey of Nick podcast. I am so glad that you have decided to join me here today. How are you? (laughs) I pray you are very, very well. I am fantastic. I am coming up on, my husband and I are coming up on um, our ninth year wedding anniversary. So that is so exciting to me. It is um, Monday, November 13th at the time that I'm recording this podcast. And tomorrow happens to be our ninth wedding anniversary. So woo, woo, woo for that. <laughs> Y'all, listen, been a ride. It's been a ride. By the time you hear this uh, recording, of course, this is going to be released on Friday, but By the time that you hear it, we would have celebrated our ninth year wedding anniversary um, and likely in the middle of the continuation of the celebration, because listen, on Tuesday, life is still happening. We still have jobs and and parenting and all the things to do. So we're we're most likely going to celebrate this weekend. Um, So y'all help me celebrate. Help me clap it up. (laughs) Help me clap it up. If you're married or have ever witnessed marriage, you know that like every year that we're still in it is a cause for celebration for sure. You may or may not have guessed, but today's episode is going to be all about the lessons that I have learned so far in marriage. Now, this will not be an exhaustive list at all, (laughs) but um, I pulled out some of the sort of loftier things that I've learned in the course of us being married, and I want to share them here with you today. So I pray that it serves you and I pray that you enjoy. This podcast is a digital journal where I share lessons gathered, seeds planted, and a journey of cultivated wellness. I'm your host, Nikki Harrison. I am a believer, a wife, a mom, a child, a business owner, a sister, a friend, (laughs) a proud Texas girl, and so, so, so much more. But ultimately, I'm an ever-evolving woman, ever-growing. Join me on this journey of growth as I endeavor to be brave, be honest, and be well. Welcome to the journey. So let's get into these lessons that I've learned. They are in no particular order. And again, this is not an exhaustive list. Um, I do want to say that I have, uh, if you don't know already, (laughs) that I have a a digital journal where I share my thoughts, where I put uh, journal entries and it's at NikkiHarrison.com and you can find um, these and more lessons listed out. Um, If you've already visited that blog post and read it, this is going to be me giving context on those lessons that were listed there. Um, And separately, I also have a YouTube video with uh, lessons that are not shared in this list and are, are also not shared on the journal. So if you want a couple more lessons <laughs> besides these, search Journey of Nick um, on YouTube and you can find all new lessons. Listen, I'm trying to share all the things that I've learned. Um, I think that's what makes marriage stronger when we all learn from each other and share together. And the things might not apply, but the ones that do apply to you, I pray that they bless you. And so I encourage you to go listen to all the things, read all the things, watch all the things. All the links are in the description box. So the lessons that I have learned um, or that I'm going to share so far in marriage, um, the first 
thing and possibly one of them, I was going to say one of the most important, but I'm going to be honest. All of these are really important. (laughs) All of these are really important lessons. So let me just share them. So before we continue and go any deeper, I want to let you know what's on my playlist. So in um, honor of uh, my anniversary, my ninth year wedding anniversary um, here, I'm going to share some, um, I'm actually going to share two things that are on my playlist. They're by the same artist, Music Soul Child. I love me some Music Soul Child. I'm I'm pretty sure y'all know that at this point. But um, Music Soul Child has a song called I Do from his album Life on Earth. And he has a, another song called Say I Do from his album Music in the Magic. <laughs> the reason why these two songs are what's on my playlist right now um, and to go along with the lessons that I've learned here in my marriage is because I feel like both songs show um, two sides of marriage that I personally have found to be super applicable. <laughs> so in the song Say I Do, the lyric says, or part of the lyric says, um, I'm your canvas to your paintbrush. Paint me a picture of you. So when you're broken, I can reference. Let my affection be glue and let me put it all together. It's been good. Let's make it better in love forever. If it's all right with you say, I do, I do, I do. This is my vow to you. Say I do. So say I do from by Music Soul Child um, from his album Music and the Magic is more so about the proposal stage and getting um, getting married and walking down the aisle and the excitement and newness and like you know what I'm saying you're so over the moon and elated and just like oh this is the start of it all and it feels so and it, when if you listen to the song which I hope that you will do it feels very much like that it's a very danceable song and. I just be bobbing my head. It's a jam. Um, but the, the, on the flip side and it's, I say the flip side, but it's really the same side of marriage. You guys <laughs> like marriage be trying sometimes it's still good. You still, I still wouldn't trade it for the world, but it is sometimes trying, which leads me to the second song on my playlist, which is I do by music soul child, but it's from a different album that he did called life on earth. And Part of the lyric to that song, (laughs) he just says, sometimes I don't like you. (laughs) You always got a problem with everything that I do. I don't always understand everything about you, but I know I just can't live without you. So yeah, I do. (laughs) It makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. First of all, that's also a jam. It's also a song that I'm just, I be dancing, dancing to that song. Um, music is just so good, but it shows that, you know, I don't know a certain truth about marriage of like, listen, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. It's not always, always rainbows and butterflies. Sometimes I straight up don't like you. And I know sometimes you don't like me. Uh, I see that look, you know, (laughs) I catch you with that look. Sometimes on your face, like, oh my gosh, she gets on my nerves, you know, but we're not going to choose any other version but this. We, I, I want you and you want me and we've got each other and it's what it is. Yeah, I do. Yeah, 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 I, I, I do. I still do. 
You know what I'm saying? Now that the the smoke has faded and the and the the bubbles have all popped and all of that from the beginning, do you know what I'm saying? Well, I do, I do. This is my vow to you. I still, I'm still saying I do, even though I got maybe maybe now I got a little attitude. <laughs> maybe now I got a little mm, whatever. Yeah, I love you. Whatever. <laughs> But I'm still here and you're still here. Actually, uh, one part of the song, he says something to the effect of like, you know, we're still here. We're still here. I'm I'm always going to choose you. You're always going to choose me. So I encourage the listen to both of those songs. One called Say I Do from uh, the album Music in the Magic. And the other is called I Do from his Life on Earth album. Both are by Music Soul Child. And that is what's on my playlist today. Um, I'm not going to do numbers because again, they're not in any order and let me just flow. The first one I'll share is if divorce is on the table, then divorce is on the table. (laughs) Okay. If you go into marriage with divorce on the table, with divorce as an option, as a, no, that's not what we want. No, that's not what we're planning towards. But sometimes divorce happens. If you go into it with that type of attitude, then divorce becomes an option. I have learned that you will absolutely hit rocky seasons. You will hit that bumpy road. You will have those moments where you question like, what in the world? I did not sign up for this. This is ghetto. I want out. Like you will have those moments for sure. Um, you can definitely get through those moments and some of them are more severe than others, but if divorce is an option, if divorce is one of those things, well, man, we could always get a divorce, then it it kind of sometimes it becomes a default. I know for me and my husband, we went into our marriage with the resolve that divorce was not on the table. It's just not something that we were going to entertain. We were going to be married and we intended to be married and we intend <laughs> currently present tense to be married for the rest of our natural lives and if uh, so that that gave us a resolve that we're going to be married no matter what either we're going to be married and miserable or we're going to be married um and fruitful and happy and joy filled and all of that but we're going to be married no matter what and i know it in those earlier years of marriage it just listen we just knew i'm not trying to be miserable with you sir <laughs> I'm not trying to be miserable with you. So we need to make this happen. We need to, whatever needs to be fixed, whatever we need to work on, we need to get to it because right. Divorce is just not even a thing. Um, Full transparency at some point in my marriage. um, And I can't point to one specific, like, this is what happened. This big thing happened. And then it was on the table. I, I, I can't point to a specific thing, but I know at some point in our marriage, divorce absolutely got put on the table. And I will definitely tell you that it became one of those things that when, when seasons would, would get hard and when that road would get rocky, divorce was, um, too often brought up, you know what I'm saying? Um, and that's not, if you intend to stay married forever, I know, and the world's going to tell you different. The world is going to tell you, don't you stay in a marriage if you're unhappy and don't you blah, 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 blah. 
I'm not doubting any of that. If you, if any of that resonates with you, perfect, good, fine, better to you. But for those of us who intend to stay married forever, for the rest of forever, take divorce off the table. Just take it off the table. Resolve that you're going to be together with your spouse. And instead of it doing, doing, I am of the belief that instead of it making you stay in a marriage that is um, uh, unfulfilling and all of that, no, it's going to, it's going to cause both of you, both parties to work harder to create a marriage that you both can be proud of. And so at least that's what is, is the case for my husband and I. So again, that lesson is if divorce is on the table, then divorce is on the table. Now, I have to add this caveat because we live in a, in a world of sound bites and, and sort of a, a, a rush to misunderstand one another. So let me just say it here. I am not referring to marriages where your life is in danger, relationships where your life is in danger, where your children's lives are in danger or anything of the sort, Right. I trust, listen, I trust that if you're listening to my podcast, you're a critical thinker. So I <laughs> I hopefully didn't have to say that, but just in case I did need to say it, it, ha- it has been said. I'm talking about regular, regular marriage. You met a person, fell in love, y'all got married. When divorce is on the table, then divorce is on the table. And if you intend to stay married forever, do not put divorce on the table. All right, next lesson that I've learned is becoming one with my spouse requires me to discover and embrace and surrender a hundred percent of myself. If I am to become one with him, which is our intention as a, a Christian married couple, we intend to become one with each other. I got to discover who the heck I am. I have to embrace who I am, the good and the bad the flawed and the perfected, I have to embrace all the parts of me and then surrender 100% of myself. I have to surrender 100% of myself to Christ so that I can be transformed in the way that I need to be transformed by the marriage and for the marriage, right? Hopefully that makes sense (laughs) if you are listening. Um, But yeah, I'll just leave it there. I have to just surrender 100% of myself. And trust me, surrender is not one of my favorite words, but I have found it to be true and to be helpful um, in in my marriage. Uh, The next lesson I'll share is that marriage is the most honest mirror I have ever peered into. No reflection is more revealing than the reflection of marriage. Listen, I thought I was one person and then I married this man And I discovered I'm a whole nother person (laughs) because um, very much being uh, needing to join our lives together, needing to even the even the basics of the basics, right? The logistics of life, needing to get housing together and coordinate bills and um, um, decide responsibilities with one another, right? You can really learn, am I a good, am I great at teamwork or do I have some more work to do in that front? Am I patient? Am I kind? Am I actually like unselfish and all of that? Like nothing shows you, nothing has shown me that better than being in relationship with my husband specifically. Other relationships reveal other things about me 
um, for sure. And help me get to know myself a little bit better and, and help me get to know others a little bit better. But I, I, for me, nothing does it like marriage. There's no clearer mirror than being this man's wife. And I'm so grateful for it. Yes, it is difficult. Yes, sometimes I look and the reflection that I see, I don't like it. But that that's the blessing. To me, that's the blessing because um, I'm just grateful to God that something that I wouldn't have seen any that I didn't see in any other relationship and reflected any anywhere else, I can see it. And you know, prayerfully, we're in a situ we're in a situation in a season where my husband is able to be patient with me as I confront that reflection and then get out of the denial part of it and then get out of the blame part of it, <laughs> trying to make it, you know, his deal when it's really my deal. And then now I can surrender that to to the Lord, to the Holy Spirit and let him refine me. But if I didn't, if I never, you know, saw that thing, you know, then, then I wouldn't be able to do that. So I'm grateful for that lesson, but I'm definitely marriage is super, super clear and revealing reflection. The next thing I'll share is, um, I've learned that definitely the hard way. Listen, most of these lessons I've learned the hard way, but the expectation, the expectation of reciprocity can tarnish the joy and fulfillment and growth and care of selfless service. Reciprocity should never be a prerequisite for us to serve one another selflessly. So in marriage, right, this concept of I'll do this for him um, so that he can do this for me. You know what I'm saying? I'll be giving to him so that he can give to me. I'll give him what he wants so then he can give me what I want later. Like that robs me for sure of the joy and the fulfillment I get when I'm serving him unselfishly, when I'm doing things for him just to make him smile or just to make him happy or just to take pressure off of him or just to brighten his day or make his tasks easier, you know, to lighten his load. When I'm doing it from that place, then I can get a joy that that can't really be matched in a in a different way. And I grow. I'm able to grow within myself to learn how to give that unselfish love. You know what I'm saying? To give without expecting or requiring anything in return. It's like, even if this person, even if my husband never does anything else for me, I am blessed and eager and so happy to be able to do this for him or to be able to show up for him. There's such growth in that. I have found such growth in that and I have not mastered it at all, but I have definitely learned that the expectation that he will do something back for me because I did this can just rob me of the growth that should come from truly being selfless. Um, and it can rob him of feeling cared for, right? And that's never my aim. So that's a lesson I've learned. Uh, another thing that I've learned, you'll, you may hear my tablet here. I wrote these things down. Um, another thing I learned is that you don't necessarily have to fully understand or agree with your spouse's perspective on something in order to go ahead and empathize with them, to acknowledge what it is that they're feeling, to comfort them through what they're feeling or thinking or experiencing, and maybe even acquiesce, you know what I'm saying? To, to give in or to, you know, sometimes we can, we can, we can get in the mix where it feels like there's a winner and a loser. 
Um, I guess that's a bonus lesson because I've learned that, that there's no winners and losers in our marriage. When I win, we both win. And when I lose, we both lose. If if both of us aren't winning, we are losing <laughs> because we are one. <laughs> we are one. So again, that's a bonus lesson for you. Ain't no, ain't, there's no individual winners once you become a, a married couple, once you be, once you are joined in a marriage. If y'all winning, y'all are winning. If y'all are, if even one of you is losing, y'all lost. Y'all lost. <laughs> you can tell that one's fresh. <laughs> that one is fresh. And it, it definitely goes on. It goes into that unselfishness. But at any rate, um, that original you know, lesson that I was sharing is that you don't, I don't have to agree with him in order to say like, you got it, babe. I don't have to feel like I've taken a loss. Even in situations where I feel like I'm right or, or I know that I'm right or whatever, I can go ahead and, and if I can tell like he needs this, he needs to feel right or he needs to feel hurt. Cause it's not often about just plain old being right or feeling right. Usually there's a lot behind or underneath that, right? You or your spouse wants to be heard. You don't necessarily need to be right. You want to be cared for. You want to be, um, you want to be able to feel that companionship and that partnership that this person has your back, right or wrong, no matter what, I've got your back. You want to feel that. And so in order to give that kind of um, companionship, I don't have to agree with with my husband, hundred percent. I don't even have to under, uh, 100% understand his perspective. In a perfect world, I'm always gonna understand exactly where he's coming from. In a perfect world, I'm always gonna feel the exact same way and agree with him a thousand percent. But the world is not perfect. And also it's on purpose that we don't think the exact same. It's on purpose that we don't see things the exact same. It's on purpose that we uh, have different perspectives. Um, my pastor says often that if, if both of you are exactly alike, then one of you is uh, unnecessary. <laughs> Y'all, my pastor is the best. <laughs> um, but I agree with him on that. Like we are different on purpose. We are different on purpose. And we need both of our perspectives in order to make this marriage what it was destined to be and what it was intended to be. And so um, instead of trying to understand him or dismissing him when I don't understand him or when I disagree with him. Let me go ahead and empathize, acknowledge, comfort, and even acquiesce him in cases where that applies if I need to, because I can appreciate that both of our perspectives are necessary. So uh, another lesson that I've learned is that time alone, just straight up time, does not foster growth. You know that saying, they say time heals all wounds. I have, I, it's been a long time since I've taken issue with that. Or I have taken issue with that saying for a long time. That's more accurate. I've taken issue with that saying for a long time. Time heals all wounds. That's a straight up lie. I don't agree with the saying time heals all wounds. If you are injured, if you have a, a deep cut or a gash or something like that, and all you do is allow time to pass under this guise of time healing all wounds, you will very quickly learn that time alone doesn't do anything. That sore will begin to fester, it will become infected, and then it could very well be a threat to your very life. 
Okay. Time alone, time by itself doesn't do anything. <laughs> I'm a digress because woo, that one gets me heated. That whole time heals all wounds. Time alone does not heal any wounds in the same way that time alone does not foster growth. Just because you've been married a long time doesn't mean you're doing it right. Doesn't mean that you are fruitful. It doesn't mean that you haven't missed the mark in marriage just because you've been married a long time. Just because you're not divorced. We celebrating 20 years. Listen, that's just time. That's just the passage of time. And time by itself does not produce growth. Period. What does pro produce growth or what does combine, just like, just like in nature, just like in, you know, in wildlife, think of a plant. It's not just the passage of time that makes a seed sprout and then grow. It's sunlight, water, the correct soil conditions. Let the water stop. Let the sunlight stop. It doesn't work unless it all works. <laughs> so time by itself is not the thing that fosters growth within a marriage, but effort, right? The intention of both parties to, to cause it to grow plus the time, right? As we go along with that intention, we get better and better at doing it. We learn what works and what doesn't because we're being intentional about trying different things and surrender. So those three things, in my opinion, effort plus time plus surrender, surrendering to each other, surrendering to the Lord, surrendering to the marriage itself, understanding that like I'm not I'm not going to be able to move like an individual out here. And again, here's another place where I'll mention I know the world tells you something different. As you get married, you know, it should be two whole people coming together and just being whole together. You are two separate whole people and marriage shouldn't change that. Again, if that's what you believe in, that's how you rock good and great and, and blessings to you for sure. But I just live by a different belief system. And my, me, my husband and I live by a different belief system. We are not two whole people. Um, that's not to say that we individually are unimportant. That's not to say that at all, but it is definitely to say that we are called in marriage to become one and to become one in the way that God intended us to become one. He and I, I'm not speaking for you or your, whether you're a Christian or not, I'm not speaking for you. You got to, you know, read the word for yourself, interpret it for yourself, work it out for yourself. But for me and my husband, that coming together as one means that there are parts of me that need to be pruned away. There are parts of him that need to be pruned pruned away. There are parts that need to be cut away, done away with that no longer apply because I'm no longer single. I'm no longer just me. I am me and him. And we're needing to come together as one being. So I'm going to have to let some of, some of the me of it all are, is not going to survive that transformation. And some of the him of it all is not going to survive that transformation. And by holding on to all that I was before we joined in marriage and by him holding on to all that he was before we joined in marriage and not being willing to surrender any parts of ourselves, any parts of our will, any thought processes that we might have had before, that can cause stagnation in our marriage, right? It can make it so that we're not growing and we, we kind of stop cold the process of becoming one because we're so desperately trying to hold on to the individualism that we think we're losing. So I have learned that time alone, time in marriage, just the passage of, 
of time, the years passing by. We've been married nine years and then, or 10 years and then uh, 15 and then 20 and then 25 and then 30. Them numbers don't mean nothing to me. Congratulations to you, but I'm more, I'm far more interested in your growth. How, how uh, much have you all grown within those 25 years? And do you have any wisdom, any seeds that we can plant in our garden to be able to weather the storms that come our way? That is what I'm far more interested in. Um, Y'all, I have met couples and it breaks my heart for sure, but I've met couples that have the years. They have the years, but the growth, the wisdom, the fruit, it's missing. It's missing. I don't intend to simply be married to this man for a long time. (laughs) I intend to be fruitful with this man. I intend to be, to have a marriage that God um, has called us to have. And he calls us to be fruitful in all things. So definitely be fruitful also in marriage. And that doesn't just mean to produce offspring. I'm supposed to make, we together as, as a unit are supposed to make, because we're one, right? So we're one unit. We're supposed to make impact in the kingdom of God. So how are we doing that? And it ain't just, well, we got 25 years. Well, where's your fruit? <laughs> Where is your fruit? Uh, I intend to have fruit to show. Um, and so, yeah, time alone does not foster growth. It's effort plus time plus surrender that grow a fruitful marriage is my is my honest belief. I enjoy art in every single medium, whether it's a painting, a live musician, a piece of content delivered uh, via social channels, whether it's a fellow podcaster. Every now and again, I come across something truly special and I want to share it with you. So here it is. Here's what's fueling my creativity right now. So what's fueling my creativity right now is yet another couple hosted podcast and this one is called how married are you this is hosted by glenn and yvette henry uh they're more commonly known across the social media streets um as they share the the, their lives their family's life on uh the channel the youtube channel belief and fatherhood they are more commonly known as glenn belief and fatherhood and yvette miss melanin um these are two people that i have had the pleasure to uh meet and to work with and uh, they're they're another couple that like what you see is what you get um they are not anything different from what you would expect them to be and that is always so refreshing to me the reason why I love their podcast which is called how married are you is because it's real authentic conversation between a husband and wife that are very much still in the process. They are in the process within marriage. They are openly learning. Um, They know that they're learning. There's not like (laughs) denial wrapped up in like, we have arrived. Like, nah, they're very much in process. And they're so transparent about that. Um, I love that they have boundaries as well, right? They're not giving us all the juicy bits, Um, because marriage is is sacred in that way, right? Some things are just precious and they're just none of our business, but they sure do let us behind the curtain quite a bit, I would say. And it's all very authentic, authentic, authentic dialogue between, again, a husband and wife that are very much in uh, process. 
um, and making progress because they are committed to this process um, of growth. And so I absolutely love the How Married Are You podcast. They also have a a digital uh, course that is uh, designed to support marriages. And so um, I would encourage you to dip into my little um dip into the the bio of this uh, episode and find all the links and check out all the things that they have they're definitely like serving marriages and um I know we appreciate it and the podcast uh, outside of being super informative and authentic and it's also super entertaining if you appreciate dope music and authentic conversation like you're gonna really like it so <laughs> check out how married are you um that's what's fueling my creativity today another lesson that I'll share is, oh man, this is a super important one. Oh my gosh. It's a super important one. I have definitely learned that nobody, no one, you fill in the blank of who it is. Nobody's mama, nobody's daddy, nobody's sister, nobody's nobody. No person can take up space within our marriage unless he and I create that space and invite that person in. Nobody can take up space in our marriage. Nobody can cause a wedge between us. Nobody can cause strife or cause us to disagree unless we have created that space and then invited them into that space. And so to avoid strife caused by uh, people who are not inside our marriage, to avoid confusion caused by people that are not inside our marriage, we need to make sure that we don't create space. undue space in our marriage and that we don't invite anybody else in. Our marriage is comprised of only three key players and there's only room for us three. That's what I've learned. There's only room for myself, my spouse, which happens to be my husband in this case, and God. Ain't no room for nobody else. There's no room for anyone else inside of our marriage. (laughs) I like to picture it as a, and I've always pictured it as um, sort of, this became clearer whenever I had children. Um, Like it actually used to come to me in dreams and things like that. Um, But I picture it as like, we have, there's a, there's a, uh, I'm going to be lost for words to describe it, but there's a center, right? There's a center, there's a core, there's a core. And he, um, my, my husband, myself and God are at that core. And branching out of that core um, are my children, right? So it's my son and my daughter. And then outside of that core are the people, um, uh, our, anyway, I consider our, our spiritual, our spiritual mentors are right outside of that circle. And then the circle just keeps getting bigger and bigger and wider and includes, you know, um, our family, our, um, you know, our family is of, of origin, um, our cousins, our friends, our, you know, the rest of our community, the rest of our ecosystem. But at the very core, it's just me, my husband and God. You know what I'm saying? And nobody else is allowed in that circle and nobody is supposed to be in that in that core. Hopefully that makes sense. But I've definitely learned that. So wise counsel Wise counsel is good and perfect and great. And we need to seek wise counsel and accept wise counsel for sure. But that wise, the the wise counsel that we get in um, for our marriage, they support us from that inner circle. And the ones that are truly for our marriage, they're not even going to ask 
to enter into the sacred core, that, that, that sacred core that's exclusively for us, they won't even ask to enter that space. And anyone who asks to enter that space, right, is just, it's a, it's a immediate no, and it's a no brainer no. Um, but yeah, I've definitely learned that nobody needs to, nobody uh, can take up space in our marriage unless we allow them to. So it's important for the preservation of our marriage and the health of our marriage that we don't allow anybody in that core and that we're super clear on who belongs in there. Just me, him, and God. Um, feeding into that, another lesson very related but separate and distinct is that nobody has to agree. <laughs> I've definitely learned over these nine years um, and the years that we've been dating, nobody has to agree with my husband and I's thoughts, our choices, our uh, the way we parent, the way we um split money, the, 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 our theory on date nights and fun and, and nobody has to agree with any of those things. He and I have to be on one accord and we have to be in agreement with the word of God. That is it. That is all. Somebody thinking like, yeah, that's a good idea. I think you guys are doing, wow, that's really smart. You do it that way. Okay, good and great. Somebody thinking, well, that's really dumb or that's really detrimental or I wouldn't do it that way. You see what you should do. That's also good and great for them. <laughs> for them. We absolutely have to decide. We can decide this and we have to decide for ourselves how we're going to be married. <laughs> like how we're going to the choices that we're going to make, the traditions that we're going to lean into, we have to decide how this is going, how our marriage is going to going to look. Uh, and that's it. We can't let other people decide because we're the ones that have to live this marriage. We're the ones that have to day in and day out become one with each other. We're the ones that have to love each other and have to raise these children together and have to live life together. We're the ones. We're the ones that have to produce fruit together. So why in the world would we let somebody else, somebody outside of that, tell us how to do it? Nah, homie. <laughs> I've learned that lesson for sure. We can't, no. Nobody has to agree with how we do it. Um, period. So a few more lessons that I'll share is that um, growing together is just that. It's growing together. Um my husband and I are high school sweethearts. So we met ninth grade year of high school. You've learned that in this series so far that I've been sharing all month of uh, all month month long, all this November, I've been sharing my husband and I's story um, on the blog and on the podcast here. Um, I've been sharing, you know, about us. And, and so, you know, by now we met in ninth grade high school, but imagine how much growth we've seen over the years. He is a completely different person um, the man that I'm married to today, the man that I interact with, you know, today is completely different from the little boy that I met in ninth grade. And I am a completely different person than the little girl he met. I'm now a full grown woman and a mom um, and have been his wife for a number of years. Do you know what I'm saying? So we have grown together and it's important for us to remember that we are going to be here in full view of one another as certain prunings take place. 
as I learn different lessons and become this woman and um, continue to be refined and gain things and skills that I don't have yet and, and, and lose some things, he's going to be here witnessing all all of that. And I'm going to be here witnessing all of that for him. And so it's going to, it's super important for us to love one another and have grace for one another through that process, through that growing process. And it's super important for us to be intentional about going through that process together, growing together, as opposed to growing in opposite directions. And so that's something really important that I've learned. Another thing that I've learned is, um, through seasons of incompatibility uh, within our marriage, choosing love really does carry us. Just making that choice, like whether or not the feelings are there, making the choice of I'm going to love you. (laughs) I'm going to love you. I'm going to love me and I'm going to love us. I'm going to love our journey right now, right here, exactly how it looks right now. It's love. It's love. This goes into this thought goes into sort of this happiness theory that I share, um, that I share in the, in in the YouTube video. Um, so go check that out, uh, search a journey of Nick on YouTube or check the description box for that video where I just kind of talk about how little marriage is about our individual happiness. (laughs) Like it's just not about the world will tell you that it's all about your happiness. And once you're not happy anymore to get out of it, but nah, Marriage is not about your happiness. And again, more on that on the YouTube video. But this point that I've learned um, about choosing love through the seasons of incompatibility, uh, it really goes into the fact, you know, really goes and feeds in nicely with that. Right. Marriage is not about either of our happiness. And as long as we um, as long as our core beliefs still align with with one another, We can make it work. We can make even in those rough seasons, even in those times of incompatibility, we can still make it work by choosing love and making sure that we don't focus so heavily on the happiness, quote unquote, the happiness of it all. Um, Just a few more here that I'll share. um, I think about three more. Fighting to to be right, fighting to be heard, fighting to be seen to the abandonment of conceding and hearing and truly seeing my husband will always result in misery. 10 out of 10 times, 100% of the time, it will always result in us being miserable. (laughs) That, mm -mm, That fighting to be right, it just, no. I need to make sure, again, the biggest thing and the biggest, you know, one of the biggest things I've learned in marriage is that like, hey, it's it's about the preservation of our of our connection and nothing should win out over that. So me being right shouldn't win over us being connected. Me being heard even shouldn't win over that. Me being seen. I just want you to see me. Right. Everybody wants to be seen, heard and loved. Everybody. I don't know a person who doesn't desire that, especially from the person that is their spouse, you know. But that should never come at the cost of your connection. And that is something I've learned the hard way. And I, I would definitely say I'm still learning that. Many of these lessons, I'm definitely still learning. And I would, I'm sure my husband would say um, a similar thing. Another thing that I'll share, another thing that I've learned is that even on the, the rough days, or listen, let's keep it all the way. 
let's be all the way honest. Even on the rough years, right? Those seasons that last. <laughs> um, even during those times, my husband and our union and our marriage is still, it's such a precious and dear gift. My husband is is part of the proof of how deeply God loves me and how wide his love for me goes. He, my husband is exactly what I need, exactly what I need. I, I might not always like it. <laughs> like that mirror, again, sometimes that reflection is like, hold up, I do not like what I'm seeing, but he is exactly what I need. And he's such a gift to me. And I'm so, so blessed to be his wife. So blessed to be his wife, for sure. Um, and the last thing I'll share about the things that I've learned over the course of these last nine years of marriage so far, um, I've learned that it works if we work, but even when it's working, it still work. <laughs> I'll run it back in case you didn't catch it. It works, it meaning marriage, it works if we work, but even when it's working, it still work. I know very much so in the early years of our marriage, I know I was thinking far too often, like, what is this? This is a lot of work. It's not supposed to be this much work now. It's not supposed to be this much work. It's not supposed to be this difficult. It's not supposed to be this um, hard. Now, why did I think that? Because I've never been married before. He's my first husband. Why did I think I would just know how to do it? Also in my family, I haven't seen marriages. So why in the world was I convinced that I would just know how to do marriage? And why was I convinced that he would know how to do marriage? He's never been married before. So I have learned to, to accept and embrace like, no, it's not always, again, cupcakes and rainbows. It's not always super pretty and super buttoned up and super easy. It's work, but it's work and it's okay that it's work. It's work and it's okay that it work, that it's work. The movies, the TV shows, sometimes the misguided people who say it's not work <laughs> will have you in your marriage going, this is too hard. This is not supposed to be so hard. But the truth of it is, no, marriage is work. Again, in my apparent opinion, I have found marriage to be all work. It's all work. It's all, it's a hundred percent work. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's hard work. It doesn't mean it's bad work or negative work. It's just work. It's work. It's work. <laughs> work, 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 work. It is work. Marriage is. But if he and I work, if he and I work at it intentionally and together and with the strength of God and the Holy Spirit, it works. It works. And also, even when it is working, even when the seasons are, even we're in, when we're in a season that's dope and fun and, oh my God, I just love you so much and blah, 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 blah. We're getting along so great and we're just flowing in abundance and blah, 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 blah. Even when it's working, it still work. It still requires that we put in the time, that we put in the intention, that we put each other first, that we prioritize our connection over everything else. It still requires work even when it's working. And that work is so, so, so worth it. So worth it. 
thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I am so glad you listened. I would love to hear your feedback, uh, whether positive or negative. True talk is my love language, and we all know true talk is definitely growth talk. So share with me wherever you uh, find this podcast, wherever you listen. I'd love you to rate and review. Share it with a friend who you think needs to hear it. And also let me know if anything stood out, if you relate to anything. Um, I'd love to hear from you and get to know you as well. As always, until next time, be brave, be honest, and be well.